This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Welcome to the Candid Life Podcast, where we turn our broken hallelujahs into melody lines of impact. And I'm your host, Lydia Gago. Guys, I am still in Manchester, England, visiting my parents. It's been an amazing week. Today, I'm once again in my family home. I actually fly out to the States tomorrow. Today, I am here with my mother, Angelica Ajoa Botre, amazing mother of five, retired nurse, community organizer, author, poet, and more. Hello, hello, Angelica. Hello, hello, Lydia. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm <laughs> um, Feeling quite all right. You're feeling quite all right. You know, it's so strange to be calling you Angelica when you're really my mother. I'm surprised. <laughs> but there you go. There you go. Well, today, um, the topic we are going to be talking about is I'm still learning. My mother has always been a long time learner. And I thought it would be a great show to just tap into that today couple of things that we are going to be covering in the segment. Segment one, created for purpose. Segment two, refired after retirement. And segment three, benefits of learning. I really want to tap into this whole learning thing because my mother is an amazing, amazing teacher uh, and also a story Tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, Angelica. Of course, you were born in Ghana, West Africa. Tell us a little bit about your education. Uh, what kind of family did you come from? And just fill us in a little bit about that. My family was quite big. With aunties and uncles. And my parents are also very active people. My father was a nurse illness and my mother a businesswoman in our family we are we are six I have two brothers and three sisters mm-hmm. including yourself of course <laughs> <laughs> including yourself uh, absolutely wonderful well it, of course you you started off um, Early years in primary school in Pekiwudome, is that correct? Yes. My, and father, then, mm-hmm. my father, being a nurse, mm-hmm. was transferred to various hospitals mm-hmm. in Ghana. Those days, it's called Gold Coast. But later on, when we obtained independence, we became Ghana. And my parents wanted me to experience what village life is so I was asked to go and stay with my uncle Mr. Akrisi and the family I learned quite a few good things and bad ones as well 
<laughs> Do you care to share the bad ones first? <laughs> uh, well, we used to eat in a group. They give us the food in one pot, the other one in, in the other one will be either the stew or the soup. And it's boys and girls eating from the same pot. So you find after having two morsels, everything is gone from the pot. And I finished feeling hungry. <laughs> so I asked one of the girls, how do you manage to eat so fast and you are happy or satisfied? He said, you take a big piece and put it in the other hand so that you eat from the main pot. When it's finished, that's when you actually start on the one that you've got in your hand so that you will be filled. That was a nasty experience, but at least I knew I was going to get enough to eat to make me full. <laughs> That's so good. So what about the good things that you learned? I, uh, I learned how to cook on firewood, but with my parents, we have charcoal to use. And then um, we, go to, we wake up in the morning about between five and six, and we go to fetch water. At times you can't even see the ground on which you are stepping. If there are any snakes or whatever, too bad. One day we went to the farm and they asked me to uproot some cocoa yam. Trying to show off, I, they asked me if I could do it. I said yes. And I went and started struggling with the cocoa yam. I thought the method I knew for cassava was the same as for cocoa yam. So I cut it very low to the ground. Now there is nothing to hold on to to pull the cocoa yam. I struggled for some time and then I asked one of the grown-ups to help me uproot the cocoa yam. Then they said, yes, you always behave as if you know everything. You go on working with, working on the cocoa yam. Anyway, I failed. So I was helped by one of the grown-ups and I was able to uproot the cocoa yam. Deep down in my head, I was thinking pride does not help all the time. It may help in some cases, but it's better to be hum humble. There is supposed to be a point. Humility without ability is common irregularity. Mm, humility without ability is what? Common irregularity. Common irregularity. <laughs> I learned it from school. You just learned it from school. That's interesting. Did you get that? Humility without ability is common irregularity. Listen to all those arities going on in there. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. That's really good. That's really good. You know, moving on, you, of course, you completed your um, elementary, middle, high school education. You passed your common entrance and... You went on to do some training 
common entrance is a common exam. Yes. That's sat in uh, Ghana mm -hmm. during those days. So from the common when entrance, you, where you, do you go? When you pass, then they will give you secondary schools which you can choose from. So fortunately, I did well. I don't know how well, but I was told at past and that I'll need to go to a secondary school, which was Wesley Girls High Secondary School. That's right, yes, Wesley. Wesley, Wesley High at Cape Coast. Yes. And uh, it was a special celebration in the house, in the home, because fortunately my sister was there as a prefect. I suppose she did very well, behaved well. So when I came to my turn, I was also elected the house warden. So uh, that was some sort of thing that interested me most. I had to keep it in my pocket and in my head that I'm a prefect and I should behave well. That's good. That's good. So after Wesley Gills, you graduated. Where did you move on to? Wesley Gills. We had them. Um, a headmistress by name, Miss Compton, and she says, before you leave the, uh, the secondary school, you must have a place where you will go and continue your education. So you have to apply to either to do sixth form or you go to a teacher training school or do nursing. Something like you must have a program whereby you know where you are going to go after finishing your secondary education. I chose Wesley Girls because I know my sister is there and a few of my friends too were going that way. So we applied and we are accepted. Oh, something interesting, you know, when, during our time, when school results are, are written, they read all, starting from the top to form one. So if the first person does well, it says Grace something, she got 99%. We clap for her. That is mentioned in the assembly. So everybody will know you got, you did very well. So the part that discourages me most is when you fail and you are to end Angelica Safari fail, she will say the figure and then tell you failed. So that will get stuck in people's heads the whole time. And that is disgraceful and mm. frustrating. But anyway, we managed to pull through. I had Division 3. That is fast. Mm -hmm. And I was accepted at the nurses training school at Kumasi. So that was something, a leaf in my feather, in a feather in my leaf. <laughs> <laughs> a leaf in your feather, a feather in your leaf. Well, whichever way we want to go, mm -hmm. right? But you mentioned to me some time ago that you wanted to be a police officer. Ah. That was what you wanted to do. And mm, that didn't really come across very well with your mother. What happened there? I think when I told her I wanted to be a policewoman, she said, no, you can't. Why don't you do nursing? Your, your father is a nurse. Your sister is a village midwife. And I'm also experienced in delivering of babies. So why don't you do nursing? So somehow she managed to talk to me. And, and since I've been accepted at the nurses training school, I went mm -hmm. to continue 
education. And my father, being a male nurse, was transferred from various places, from Akose, Yendi, Tamale, many other hospitals. So I was impressed and I enjoyed seeing him coming back from work and we, the children, going to welcome him. He came to a point where we had a, a game. He would say, I like the right foot, the other child will say the left foot. And what we do is, when my father is coming back from work, he will say, I like the right foot. The other party will say, mine is the left foot. So we run and go and take the sandals that he will change into and give him the comfortable one from work. And when he is halfway, he will start whistling to let us know that he is on the way. We run for the sandals and bring them to where he will sit. And then we compete find out who will be the first to remove the sandals, put on the sandals, uh, another one, and re put it in its proper place. So that was something like a game we used to play and we look forward to it. I hope I'll be able to do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, you are walking a little faster. We just have to have you running across the room. Um, I think it's definitely a fun game. <laughs> but anyway, so you, you moved on. You did your training at Kumasi. Yeah, my general nursing. It was in Kumasi. Yes. Yes. So you completed that. And then you got accepted in Manchester at the Eye Hospital. When I finished that, it was during the reign of Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. Mm -hmm. And people were given scholarships to go to various countries to study. So fortunately, I was one of those people who was given the scholarship to come and study in the Eye Hospital, Manchester. You could imagine the excitement and the joy and the pride and praise to God when we were told the news that I would go to overseas to study. I, I became pompous. I was too happy. <laughs> <laughs> so you that, came to Manchester. That was in the 60s. In the 60s. 60s. You got a chance to experience snow. What was your reaction when you first saw snow? Hmm. Well, I've traveled a few times on the train in Ghana. Mm -hmm. So when we go to London, they transferred us, a few of us, to a coach, and then from coach to train. In the train, I was sat near the window, and I was looking out. So many thoughts came into mind, and I was thinking, the scenery is beautiful. Now, what are those dry trees, leafless, doing there? If it were in Ghana by now, we have, would have chopped them into small firewood. <laughs> <laughs> but during the process, 
I remembered the geography lesson we learned that winter leaves drop off and the tree looks fair, bare. So that was my first sight of seeing snow fall and it came to mind that, ah, this is the snow they talk about. And that was my first experience of seeing snow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were in the um, eye hospital, then you went to Zambia for a while. And then when you, qualified. when you qualified, you worked in Zambia for a couple of years and then finally came back again. But in that whole period, you also got married to your husband, Renee. What happened was my, the training was one year. Okay. And um, what the government does is when they are sending somebody to a particular school, they ensure that there are t- at least two of you so that you don't feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And that was what happened to me. I had one, of, we were two there. And fortunately, we got on well. Okay. So you came back to Ghana, and then mm-hmm. eventually you got married, and then you went to Zambia. Yes. Yes, and mm-hmm. you were there for a couple of years, and then you came back again to Manchester to work at the eye hospital for a while. So, folks, if you are tuning in right now to this podcast, this is the Candid Life podcast. And today I am privileged to be with my mother, the one and only Angelica Batris. Say hey, hey. Hey, hey. (laughs) And in the first segment, we just had an opportunity to hear a little bit about her. Um, an incredible woman, very well traveled and very, very experienced. We're going to move on to the second segment right now. And this second segment is called Refired After Retirement. Refired After Retirement. What on earth does that mean? Today we are looking at the topic I'm still learning. So you were at the eye hospital. Do you remember how many years you were there? I think about four years. I'm not quite sure. I've forgotten the dates. That's yeah. okay. So you were there for quite a number of years at the yes. eye hospital. You worked there for... And mm-hmm. I worked there and I was lucky to have gone to almost all the departments. Okay. Okay. Recovery theater, the wards, and then I found out that my back was giving me problems. So in the end, I decided to stop working. And before I left, the hospital was kind enough to refer me to the appropriate place where I can have my treatment. And also they encouraged me to go to the library and read often so that I won't forget the things I've learned, which was very beneficial. That went on for some time. On the whole, I shall say, my second coming to the eye hospital was useful. I was treated well. 
and I would recommend it to any other person who wants to train herself in ophthalmicness. Thank you so much. So you carried on, you know, in retirement for a while, but you didn't slow down. You really did not slow down because you, you've always had a heart for the community. You've always had a heart um, to teach people about culture. And so you decided to, for the Ghana Cultural Heritage Link, you know, we looked it up and it was formed back in 2000, which is amazing. And I remember your excitement about this Ghana Cultural Heritage Link, the purpose to, you know, connect the younger and the older generation, just that transfer of information, that transfer of knowledge was something that's always been on your heart. You've always had a heart for Ghana. And so you did quite a lot with the Ghana Cultural Heritage, didn't you? Yes. What were some of the things you did? Actually, I met with a lady called Tulu. And she's very active. She's prepared to teach us all the things that she has learned from other companies or groups. And we also benefited from the information. We built up our own group and things went on quite well. Okay. Some of the other things as well you got involved in. So with the Ghana Culture Heritage, you were out there in the community um, doing workshops, going into schools, putting on performances and connecting with other ethnic groups. You also got involved in the Ghana Women's Group, yes. I believe it is. Yes. Yes, another powerful group. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's like Ghanaians joining together to to do things that they will improve the state of their country. Because some people haven't still had the chance of going to school, probably due to financial issues. And others, too, due to ignorance, they don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And there's something else you got involved in, was this slap dash publishing. You started writing stories. And you're already a storyteller, a bit of a jokester, but you've been published in quite a number of different editions. You've produced quite a number of different children's books, travel books and poetry as well. And the question I really have for you is, what is it that drives you to keep wanting to improve yourself? I was going through your paperwork. You've done quite a number of computer courses as well. So what is it that is driving you to keep on learning? Knowledge is power. So if you are able to learn from other people, it's beneficial. I started learning from St. Luke's Church, which is so close to our home. And uh, it really encouraged us to write stories or tell stories. And then when they are written, she takes it and corrects it for us. And then it's published. I don't know how to use the computer very well. So she she will sit me next to the computer and then teach me exactly which buttons. Is it buttons? 
you call them buttons? Keys. Keys, yeah. <laughs> you call keys. To press. Mm-hmm. And when I'm able to type a whole sheet, I feel so elated. Excellent. Excellent. So for you, it was that sense of learning, achieving something. Yes. And, and learning how to type. Okay, so you wrote quite a number of books and you did a, quite a number of different things. Activities, but And activities yeah. as well with Ghana Culture and Slapdash Publishing and other uh, community groups. Because mm-hmm. again, that whole process of learning, typing, developing yourself, improving yourself has always been your motivation. Like you said, knowledge is power. Now, you had to start slowing down because you said you, you started forgetting things. Can you tell me a little bit about how you started noticing these changes? At times I'll be talking about something. Then when I deviate a bit, next time I can't continue. I don't know what's happening. And I forget things quite easily. I remember once I was looking for my glasses, not knowing I'm wearing them. The children and myself, we searched everywhere. Couldn't find it. Then I felt like my face was itching. So as I lifted up my hand, <laughs> <laughs> there they were <laughs> the missing glasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And at times, too, I may be writing something or I'm making a list to go to the shops. When I get there, I've left the list at home, so, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can't purchase the things that I need. So those, and mm-hmm. reading, I was not very good, not good, I was lazy mm-hmm. with reading. So I found out that it wasn't helping me. So I started going to Stockport Library to improve my ability to read and write, which is quite good. So when you, you know, you started noticing these changes and, of course, you went to see the doctor about that, right? And what happened when you went to see the doctor and you had the evaluation? I had a few tests and they found out that the doctor said it could be something that happened years back. And I'm sure it is because... We were being taught how to lift during the nurse's training course. And at times we don't do the right thing. Other times too, you find you are doing it, but the patient is too heavy for you. So that created a lot of problems for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when they told you that you had dementia, how did that make you feel? Ah, I've seen people who forget things. Some of them, we even laugh, laugh at them, thinking, oh, why should that particular person forget? I remember when we were in, I was in the, working in the eye hospital. A patient came with a, some eye condition. And what the escort was, when the escort says, for instance, Mary Jones, the patient will say Mary Jones, but she does not seem to understand anything. 
if you ask what's your name, then she is blank. And when the escort says she is Mary Jones, the patient will call <laughs> Mary Jones, <laughs> <laughs> repeated everything after the uh, the, the care. The mm -hmm. care. The forgetfulness is a, a major issue. But otherwise, I'm able to recognize people and family. Mm -hmm. What has been the most difficult thing for you during this time? Memory. Mm -hmm. To retain my memory. Okay. Anything else that has been hard for you? I can't. I'm not as strong as I used to be. I think I'm getting older. <laughs> we all are. Folks, if you are joining this podcast, this is the Candid Life podcast, and I am your host, Lydia Gago. Today, I am with my amazing mother. She's 83, and her name is Angelica Botchway. Say hey, hey, Angelica. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> and we're going to be wrapping up and going into our third section, which is completed, refired, after retirement, my mom did definitely did not slow down after retirement. She refired and pivoted to getting involved in the community and definitely made a big difference. So as we wrap up, this last segment is called Benefits of Learning. Uh, my mom, as she had mentioned in the last segment, was diagnosed with dementia, but that hasn't stopped her from continuing to pursue learning. And so in the midst of everything that's going on in the season for you, what are some of the things that you've been doing to help you to continue to learn? Fortunately, the government has arranged it that those who are having dementia should be treated kindly, given right information. So at times we travel to various places like parks, some nursing homes, we go to, for walks in the garden, and people tell us stories just to see if we still understand what the other people are talking about. And it's quite interesting. We have music and dances. And you've also, I mean, you just recently went to the cafe with the group, right? Um, to have tea together, I believe. Yes. Yes. So that was quite a good experience. Yes. Mm -hmm. We had some scones and cakes, lovely fruits. So I look forward to going there again. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, um, you also get uh, packages coming home, packets, work packets. Yes. That you, activity packets, actually, that you can work through as well and complete and so like you said they've been very very active and discussion groups as well being very very active especially during COVID you were having some zoom calls as well uh, that helped you continue to connect with your other uh, the other members of your group so that was very very helpful and I mean the blessing you have is you have a great support team of people with you. Your husband, Renee, has been very supportive in this process. And you have your son, Peter, as well, who lives here in the United Kingdom, who's also being very supportive. 
um, and other people as well have been coming to the house to help. And of course, you've got family in the States as well, and they support. Are there other things as well that you would like to say that have really been a positive influence for you in this season? Well, we have neighbors who visit not too close. When they visit, at times they knock on the door and say hello, or they bring us food. But we don't go very close to them in case we infect them. But and you've been vaccinated. <laughs> oh, yes. Forgotten about that. <laughs> the government is working hard to prevent the spread of the disease, which is frightening. But we trust that the Lord knows everything. He will destroy this dangerous disease and will be free to walk around comfortably again. Mm-hmm. That's good. So uh, what, what would you like to say to anybody who really needs to be encouraged to be a long life learner like you? What would you say to somebody who really needs to get into the whole learning thing like you have done? Learning is difficult. It needs humility. If you don't know something, be brave to ask and it will be explained to you. But if you want to show off, you might even fall in a ditch and not know where you are heading to. At times I ask some people questions and whilst I've still got the answer in my head, so I'm testing them. They always think they can test me, but I can also test them. (laughs) 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 And it's interesting to know that um, I understand quite a number of things that they are being said. And I think it will improve. By having conversation with other people, it's good. Thank God for the government who is working hard to encourage us to make friends and support each other. Yeah. So my last question to you is this. What does it mean for you to live the candid life? What does it mean for you to live a life that is real, a life that makes you happy, that you feel satisfied at the end of the day, yes, I did the right thing. What does that mean for you? I'm thinking from my childhood, my parents always wanted the right thing for us, the correct thing. Like, as I said, I stayed with my uncle to learn the lifestyle the village so that I will understand what they are saying later on in life. And the example is the Kokoyam, approaching of the Kokoyam. It was difficult, but I managed in the end. And what we need is submissiveness and clear understanding of the of the instructions that are given to me. And I know I will succeed. And as the suggestion, my mother said, I should do nursing. And prior to that, she encouraged us to know how to save. So after doing our selling, we, she gives, we give her the money and the accounts. And she says, all right, you've got such and such an amount. We will open the bank account so that you know your movements are not useless. 
So we learned how to save right from infancy. I'm not a millionaire, but mm. I've got a bit of money to cater for me during my life on earth. We thank God for every good thing. Amen. Amen. Can I just say, Angelica, thank you so much for being on The Candid Life. Thank you all for joining us today on the podcast, The Candid Life. Today, we have focused on the topic, I'm Still Learning. Segment one, created for purpose. Segment two, fired after retirement. And segment three, benefits of learning. I want to just say a very, very big thank you to Angelica. Say thank, thank. Thank, <laughs> And I am your host, Lydia Gago. Thanks for listening to the Candid Life Podcast. Until next time. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.